Corolla Digital. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who's never had a drink on St. Patrick's Day. Hi, folks, and welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And as always, that music is great every week to me. It makes me smile, and Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris feel the same way. They get better every week. Of course, that's the Jason Killingsworth Orchestra and the Valerie York Zauer dancers featuring boy tenor Scott Garver asking the musical question, So, ja vet a double? And what that is, by the way, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Dr. Chris just held up the, uh, the Mr. Spock V sign because that's what it is. Scott was one of the folks who actually did check and went to a Klingon website to check to see could someone translate our saying or the motto of the show which as you know is you call that a double to translate that into klingon what that would be in klingon and uh, the guy came up with so s o capital h j a apostrophe v e t l h a double because they didn't have a word for it they didn't have a word for a double and Scott thought maybe that's because Klingons drink so much that every drink is a double anyway. And I thought maybe it went the other way, that they just don't drink at all, which is why they were so mean. And, and they, since they don't drink at all, the concept of the, one of them not being big enough, that this drink is not big enough for me. I want a double. Can you please make this a double? And so it was just foreign. In any case, uh, we thought that was a, a good musical question. And the site he got that from is... MrKlingon.org. So in case some of you want to go there and find out that <laughs> how you say, uh, excuse me, can we get that, please, and just in a shot glass, and the rest is just beers. You know, anything to do with uh, – Christopher Lloyd was great in that movie as a, as a Klingon officer, as the Klingon captain. He was just great in that. In any case, thank you for being here. We're awfully glad to be back. And remember, and by – Amazon, that's right, Amazon.com, Amazon at Amazon.com, which is the service that we're very proud of, that we be, we're behind completely, that we back completely. Amazon, If you anything you want in the world, anything you want to get in the world, you just go on to your internet and put in Amazon.com, right? Wrong! No, you don't. You don't do that. You don't go to Amazon.com because you can get anything in the world on Amazon.com, except, of course, for an actual Amazon, but what you do is you go to our website first, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com, and we have a banner on there that says Amazon. You click the banner that says Amazon on our web page, right? That's what it is. The web. I should learn this at one point or another, but they have to put it up there. It really is like it's dealing with me is like dealing with a second grader for you guys. But so you go to LarryMillerPodcast.com 
and you hit our banner that says Amazon, and that will take you to Amazon. And then you still go and buy anything you want, order anything you want. And remember, please, if you do actually get a real Amazon, a really tall, beautiful woman from the Amazon, uh, please call us first. Because don't go to the local paper and say, hey, I got an Amazon. Because they'll take her away from you. Call us first here. And there's a big difference. We will also just take her away from you, but still, there'll be a couple of drinks and some pleasant laughs along the way. In any case, though, get anything you want, and Amazon is nice enough to send us part of the dough if you order it from our page. And that, as we like to say here, keeps the lights on at Ace Broadcasting. And it means a lot, though. So go to Amazon and hit that banner on our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. And also, you know what? Hit PayPal. PayPal is a, is a great uh, service that we have there, and it's something we started doing here where people have been very generous. Um, uh, we, we say, buy three guys a drink. That's the general idea of this. And there are three of us here. There's, of course, there's Colonel Jeff, Dr. Chris, and me. And what we say is no matter where you live, go to a local bar that you like or one that you've always wanted to go into, walk in, find out what they charge for a drink, since you've never been there anyway, find out what they charge for a drink and then send us enough for three drinks. And if and when we get to your city, and there's more, it's not just an if on that. We'll we'll get there. And I'll, get, I'll, I'll certainly get there at some point. I have the show I go around with, my one-man show. And uh, you know what, though? Send that to us. And it's a nice thing that ties us together. People have been very generous and sent some very nice things. And, and we're, we're very grateful, really. For for the for the jackets that say things on them, you know, like nominum quid geminis, and people really do that. The Larry Miller Drinking Society (LMDS). It's 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 very neat, and and thank you. And people send in things from the Christmas story, so you know what? Just thank you, and that's what you do. Go to Amazon on our website at LarryMillerPodcast.com, and go to PayPal on our website, and you know what? You'll be getting uh, some good gold stars in your little book. You know that little book, the one that will be taken out about 10 minutes after you pass away when you go in for the big meeting, the big meeting in the big office. It's probably a small office, though. It's probably like an office for a junior high principal. And, and, and then God will say to you, look, you have a lot of gold stars for sending in some money on PayPal for three drinks to <laughs> this week with Larry Miller. So I'm going to forget a lot of the things that are here. In any case, thank you, and it, it means a lot to us here. And that leads us, of course, to an update, a FECTA update, a five-FECTA update. That's right. We have an update this week because what we did last week was show you a picture that someone had sent in that his wife had suggested that instead of throwing out certain odd bars of soap, each one was a different bold color, and uh, she said, why don't you put those together and send a picture in to the Larry Miller Show, to This Week with Larry Miller? And he did, and we put that up on the Facebook page. And, uh, oh, that's right, and our, as they just put up on the screen, our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Larry Miller Podcast. Yeah. Boy. And on our Facebook page, we'll put it up again this week, the picture of the bars of soap. We were looking for clever things, what we could call one that 
didn't have five bars of soap, soap because we're going for the five factor. And I'm going back to that. I just don't do it quickly because you've got to get the bars of soap down to the right size. You have to do this honestly. Everything on our show is done honestly. Well, what a, what a motto that would be. <laughs> it's probably not going to be as popular as, can we get another drink here, please, before you close? But in any case... Uh, so please send in, look at the picture again and send in your ideas of what you think we could call that sculpture that the guy and his wife made. And, uh, you know, I'm not using the actual name. I just say the guy and his wife, because once we finish a show here, we have a very technical way of just never going to that page again. So I don't know what the names are. It's in this giant, probably the giant legal pad I have somewhere. But in any case, take a look at the at the fecta again, at the bars of soap this guy and his wife melted together. We're very grateful for it. It's, it's a pretty neat sculpture. And write in what you think they should be called. The sum fecta, the trifecta, the quadrifecta, whatever it is. Oh, I see now. Very good. And uh, Colonel Jeff just uh, put up on the screen. It's Bob Chapra, C-H-A-P-R-A. But his wife, what was her name? Ellie or something? He just, <laughs> I just got him launching out of the seat again. He he was just, he was just wiping his glasses very calmly because he felt so good that he got Bob's name. Don't worry about it, Colonel. Don't worry about it. Uh, let him worry about that. You had his name and not his wife's, but they did it together, okay? And uh, keep sending those in, and we're going to have uh, a contest, and we're going to give out a great prize. It may only be. You know, a little a little bag of pretzels or something, but uh, we'll give something to those of you who, well, really do a good job on this thing. So uh, keep looking at the picture and send us what you think it should be called. Mimi, was I right? Oh, how do you like that? Oh, Bob and Mimi Chopper. That sounds like a perfect couple at a <laughs> at a barbecue or a cocktail party at someone's house. And you know the Choppers, don't you, Bob and Mimi? In any case, thanks, Bob and Meany, and thanks, folks, for looking at it again, which leads us neatly into the joke of the week. That's right, the joke of the week. And uh, I love doing this here, and we love finding it. Sometimes it's a joke I remembered from my childhood. Sometime, sometimes it's a joke that people send in to me on my email. And uh, Jamie Klein sent in a couple of those, and uh, they're really good jokes. And this time, Colonel Jeff pulled up the Shaggy Dog Story website or something. Shaggy Dog Tale or Shaggy Dog Story means a story that's long. It's like a shaggy dog. The hairs get a little longer. It gives you a chance to tell it. And then it has, well, what should be a funny end. But in any case, so here's one from the sh- here's a Shaggy Dog Story from the Shaggy Dog Story website. So... This moth goes into a podiatrist's office, and the doctor asks the moth, well, this is a first for me, frankly, but, uh, well, as long as you're here, what seems to be the problem? The moth says, Doc, I don't know where to start. I feel like my whole life has been a waste of time. I've been at the same job for 20 years, and I I don't just hate it. I'm, I'm revolted by it. I despise it. I can barely summon the strength to drag myself in every day, but I have no choice because I'm in debt up to my compound eyes. The idea of doing this job for years more just makes me sick. 
And but that's that's not even the worst. I've I've grown apart from my wife. I've grown apart from my wife. She's no longer the woman I loved, and I can barely stand to be around her. But I just feel guilty for feeling that way about her. Doc, it just eats me up inside. Uh, my 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 daughter is shacked up at eighteen with a guy I just can't stand. Who's terrible for her, by the way. And she dropped out of school, but she won't listen to reason, and it breaks my heart. And my son. Doc, I, I, I just don't know if I love my own son. Can you believe that? That, that? Because he reminds me of everything I hate about myself. I look into his eyes and see the same disgusting, sniveling cowardice I know everyone sees in mine. I can't, I, I can't even work up the courage to pull out my gun and blown my, blow my own brains out. I can't do it because I feel like my entire life is nothing more than a fragile web of lies just barely holding me back from the screaming abyss. And the podiatrist moves around in his chair and takes a deep breath and says to the moth, You do seem to have a lot of problems, but I'm just a podiatrist. That's a foot doctor for human beings, and uh, you need to see a therapist, I think, a a psychiatrist even. By the way, why did you come to me? And the moth says, Well, the light was on. Now... (laughs) That's one of those jokes. The colonel cracked up and he said, here, read this one. And that's one of those jokes I read and I just didn't get. I got down to, you know, and the moth says, uh, oh, the light was on. And I said, and I looked around, you know, I said, scroll down more. Is there another line in this? That can't be the punchline. And he said, no, it's the light. That moths always go to the light. And I said, oh. Now, you know, there's a tradition about jokes that you know as well as I do that after hearing the joke, your reaction is not supposed to be, oh, it's supposed to be that you you laugh at it. But it was a fun joke to tell. I read it just the way they wrote it there, by the way. It's well written and it's it's fun to go through and put different kinds of voices in it and, and to really build it up to get to the point where the podiatrist actually says, you know, I have to be honest, you, you, I'm a doctor for human beings and it's feet. And you don't even have feet. You're a moth. And why, why did you come in here? And then, of course, he kicks it in with that line. Oh, the light was on. Your light was on. Something about the light being on. And uh, so in any case, that's the joke from the Shaggy Dog Story website. And uh, I love telling those jokes. I love telling a joke every week on the joke of the week, which, of course, gets us neatly into another favorite part of my uh, the show for me now, which is the poetry corner. Yes, the poetry corner. It's good in life to have a little poetry corner, don't you think? And it really is. I love doing this. This is something I always plan to do if I ever had a show, to have a poetry corner where you read a little piece every week. And uh, this week, it's from the great Walt Whitman. Uh, Walt Whitman was one of the most popular, maybe the the great prince of American verse. He uh, was he lived roughly was it eighteen twenty two to nineteen to rather eighteen ninety two, so it was eighteen twenty or something. So he lived to be about seventy two years old. And if you ever see a picture of him, you'll see he has the biggest beard. I've ever seen in my life. He could win a beard contest. If that's your ambition, by the way, get to a photograph of Walt Whitman and say, that, that's what I want to be, that. And uh, he really was a great image maker. And 
and deserved to be well known for his use of words. And the one that I decided on today was uh, is a classic kind of, and you may not know it, but it's worth, the reason the Poetry Corner is so interesting is it's worth hearing these great American words from great American poets from a different time just go out over the air. And here it is. It's called, O Captain, My Captain. O Captain, My Captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we sought is won. The port is near, the bells I hear, the people all exulting. While follow eyes the steady keel, the vessel grim and daring, but oh, heart, 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 oh, the bleeding drops of red, where on the deck my captain lies, fallen cold and dead. Oh, captain, my captain, rise up and hear the bells, rise up, for you the flag is flying for you, the bugle trills, for you, bouquets and ribboned wreaths, for you, the shores are crowding, for you, they call the swaying mass, their eager faces turning. Here, Captain, dear father, this arm beneath your head, it is some dream that on the deck you've fallen cold and dead. My captain does not answer, his lips are pale and still, my father does not feel my arm. He has no pulse nor will. The ship is anchored safe and sound, its voyage closed and done. From fearful trip, the victor ship comes in with object one. Exult, O shores, and ring, O bells. But I, with mournful tread, walk the deck my captain lies, fallen cold and dead. And... It's beautiful words, and it tells a story well. Oh, Captain, my Captain. It's a great moving title and use of words. And that was, by the way, another reason that became a particularly favorite one of Walt Whitman's. He wrote that about someone who's been in a lot of movies lately, Abraham Lincoln. That was his, well, that was his tip of the hat. That was his fond and, uh, well, heart-wrenching feeling about we can't imagine in those days, and this has nothing to do with North or South, by the way. We just can't imagine in those days what it was like to have, well, have that happen at the very end, at the very end of things. Well, we'll all know what it means someday. In any case, that is ours from the Poetry Corner. Please write in again to LarryMillerPodcast.com if you have a poem you think would be good. Sometimes we choose a funny poem. Sometimes we choose something, well, like this, that's very moving, and that tells you something about Walt Whitman, and that tells you something about that moment in the United States in 1865. In any case, uh, that's what that means. And now that leads us, oddly enough, to another favorite of my of the show. This time is Magic Movie Moment. We have a magic movie moment now, which is something else I always wanted to do. And I say again to all you folks... Send one in yourself. This is something in a movie. It could be a dramatic movie where something a little funny happens. It could be a funny movie where something sweet and dramatic happens. It's something not large but small, something that really makes you smile, that you see every time you see this movie. And it just makes the movie fuller. As as the colonel said before, is it is it 
something where it's really a big plot point? Is it something where the action turns on it? And I said, no, it's it's not that. And yet this small point actually tells you as much about the movie and the characters as anything as anything else does. And this was on St. Patrick's Day, which is just a couple of days ago. Uh, this was the, one of the classic movie channels here was showing The Quiet Man, the great John Ford movie, The Quiet Man, which is... Oh, I guess a love letter to Ireland. I've mentioned it once before on another count about great movie kisses. But boy, oh boy, a guy like John Ford who made so many extraordinarily good movies and the cast, his his cast of stars that he loved so much, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara, Barry Fitzgerald, and there were some great character actors, Ward Bond, and he just loved these folks so much and he made a story that moves me every time. It makes you laugh out loud. It makes you look and think about these characters' lives and about what they went through. It's just a wonderful movie, but there's a point in it that goes through the movie that really pays off. It's a tiny thing, but they're always running in and out of the pub, the local bar, the pub, and there's some just some great moments in there, and there's always, off on the side, the same guy sitting, He's an older man. Everyone says, excuse me, General. The General is sitting there, and he looks like a retired gentleman, I guess, in those days. I think he's wearing jodhpurs. I think the pants bow out a little bit. And he's always sitting there. He's always reading. He's always got a book. He's always got a magazine, something. And he's reading, and he has a drink on the table there. And he just says nothing. The whole part doesn't have a word. Moves nothing. Doesn't knock over anything. He's there. The first time you see the pub, oh, and they're having a fight, and they're yelling at each other. And the great Victor McLaughlin is in that, and everybody's everybody's starting a fight, but they don't have the fight. But you see the guy right in the front of the screen, really there, and he's just it doesn't react to anything. He just sits there. Everyone else is is hitting each other. Nothing from him. Nothing. Then the second time you're in the pub, there the same thing. There's something else going on. That's big action point. Well, what do we do now? Well, they're coming now. Let's run over there now. And whatever happens, the guy's still sitting there reading and drinking, just quietly sitting there. And each time they go in and out in each of these scenes, the bartender lifts up the bar gate there, you know, the part of the bar that hinges up there, and he drops it just, you know, not intentionally, but as he drops it, the thing sounds like a cannon going off. That always sounds like, bam, that bar gate sounds, bam, it falls down, ba-boom. This guy is about a foot from that, and he doesn't budge, doesn't move, not anything. He just sits there the same way. And by the way, he's perfectly awake. He's sitting there. He's just living his retired life. He's reading this book or that magazine, and he's having a drink. And the third time, though, it happens. They're about to solve something. It's a wonderful movie. I won't tell you what it is, or I won't spoil it, as they say these days. But the third time, the uh, bartender, same thing, leaves, run out, and they all have to go out, see a fight that's happening. Oh, boy. And he re- lifts it again. The general is still sitting there. Same thing. He's not running anywhere, by the way. Everyone else runs out to see it. He draws the same thing, drops the bar, the, the gate on the bar, the thing. Bob, boom, rings out again. Doesn't move an inch. The same thing. The guy just sits there reading. But this time, the bartender actually looks at him for a second as he passes he looks at him and you can just see it's a small it's a very quick look of what in the world is wrong with you don't you move for anything and it's just a great color at that point the colonel jefferson said to me and it's not really involved in the plot and i said in a way though that's as much of 
the story of Ireland and any as anything else is in that movie. It's just a small little color of these great people going through the stories and getting and getting to know each other. And that's the magic movie moment for me. I saw it again on Sunday on St. Patrick's Day. And I saw it as one of the kids was downstairs with my wife watching, I think, The Walking Dead or something like that. And that's fine. And another kid was in his room, you know, watching something on the uh, on the Internet and, uh, you know, writing to his friends. And that's fine. But I knew that as soon as I saw, holy mackerel, look at that. The quiet man is coming on. When my wife and I were first married and uh, we went to a hotel in Santa Barbara, right around here, and uh, we sat there, and the quiet man came on, and she was as open to it as I was. I said, have you ever seen this? And we watched it together, and she feels the same way uh, about it I I did. But it's just one of those things that you're just as happy. You'd rather see it with someone, to see someone get into it so much. But it made me smile to know that I loved it and always will, and that once again... That general is sitting there in the front of the shot, doesn't move an inch, is perfectly alive reading that book and having that drink, and that oh, that bar gate falls each time like a cannon. He doesn't budge an inch. So you know what? Please send us your feelings of The Quiet... Any any movie. This In this case, it was The Quiet Man. Oh, it was John Ford. I think I've said this before on the air, but Orson Welles was once asked... Uh, who he thought the three greatest directors were of all time. And he said, oh, that's easy. That's easy. The three greatest of all time are John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford. And that has wit to it, but he meant it, he meant it deeply. And you know what? I can understand that. This guy kept making just wonderful, wonderful movies. And if you have one that has a magic magic movie moment in it for you, please write and tell us, and I'll bet... If I don't know that same magic movie moment, I bet I'd like to hear it from you. And you see, that leads us into, though, a question of, it was on St. Patrick's Day, and the question of, what is St. Patrick's Day? It's one of those holidays that has existed a long time, and it's become very well-known and very famous. And number one, there's no other country in the world and no other people in the world and no other people or tribe or anything that has something that lasts that long like St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick, I think, is known for it. First, I said to the colonel, didn't he Didn't he uh, kill all the dragons in Ireland and knock all the dragons out of Ireland? And then uh, Colonel Jeff said, no, I think it was the snakes. He, he, he knocked all the snakes and there are no snakes in Ireland. And then we both agreed, ah, and the reason there are no dragons in Ireland was, of course, because, as you know, there are no dragons, but that's okay because apparently St. Patrick knocked all the snakes out. If he, nothing against snakes. No, you know what? I will say, I will take that back. Everything against snakes. If he made Ireland a place without snakes, he's good enough for me. That's good enough to be a saint to me. And, uh, but how did this holiday last? I read an article in an airplane magazine about St. Patrick's Day and why it's so popular and why it 
touches people so deeply. In whatever city you go to, they're going to have a parade, and everyone wants to go out on St. Patrick's Day. And the article made very clear, by the way, and that it has to do with the depth of Ireland. It has to do with the great poets of Ireland and the great essayists of Ireland and the playwrights and everything great and the artists of Ireland. And then it said it really has nothing to do with any liquor or liquor being served in Ireland or anywhere else in the world. And when you read that, you would think, yeah, oh, sure, absolutely. It has nothing to do with liquor at all. And then as you finish, you realize it has everything to do with liquor. It, 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 it's, that's just ridiculous. It has nothing to do. If you made a holiday based on, you know, as much as I love poetry and, and love reading one every week, the the Great Poets Day every year is really not going to, well, you're not going to have a great time talking to someone who's there for the same reason. So at any rate, though, it that, that became the question of, well, why, why St. Patrick's Day? Why has it lasted so long? And the truth is, it's fun to see so many jokes or to live so many jokes or to hear so many stories being told. Well, about about St. Patrick's Day. I had one. I used to, when I started at the comic strip in New York, which is still a great comedy club there, and I was a bartender two days a week, sometimes three, and it was really just noon to six or noon to eight or 11 to five or something. I come to think of it, it was just whenever I got there because there was really no bar business during the day. There were, it was for mostly for deliveries and for taking reservations and it was deliveries of liquor, all the all the all the various liqueurs and bottles, and uh, you had to really keep an eye on things. There were a few guys who would come in who were regulars. The door was open. It was the the, the bar was open. Anyone could have come in, and there were a few guys who used to come in there a lot and uh, just used to sit for a while, and they would they would relax. They enjoyed sitting there. I think relax is the wrong word. They drank a lot. but And I was happy to do that because I was the bartender. I was a bartender, by the way. I originally had – I was hired to work the nights there because one of the owners said to me, he knew I wanted to quit my job and just be a comic. And so he said, why don't you be a bartender here too? And I said, absolutely, fabulous. And he hired me that night to be the bartender that night, which was great of him. And it was – I loved doing it. But – there's just one tiny problem. I don't know how to make drinks. I don't know how to make any drinks. And as a bartender, you really ought to know how to make drinks. So when one of the waitresses would come up to the side and call out, okay, four things on the beach and four this and four slow, comfortable these and all that, and, you know, and two Brandy Alexanders, I, you know, they sound fine to me, but I didn't know. Oh, the only thing I knew how to do was open a bottle of beer. So I would put six bottles of beer on every tray. And the waitresses would say the same thing. They didn't order beer. They ordered these drinks. And I said, just give it to them. Just, just tell them that this is their drinks. And, you know, and she said, supposing they don't want it, I said, tell them it's free, all right? Tell them there's no charge and that they'll just drink the beers. And nothing ever got sent back. Nothing was sent back. It was just people said, oh, okay, all right. And they sat there drinking, drinking beers. The bar didn't make a lot, but they sat there, sat there drinking beers. So I came to love the comic strip there. And uh, one of the owners, John, said to me uh, one day, because St. Patrick's Day was the next day. And he said to me, because we were right in the area where the parade goes up Fifth Avenue and it ends at 72nd Street, I think. And then he said a lot of the marchers in the parade, which is, uh, you know, a regiment of New York cops and New York firemen and uh, 
and they would, after they do that, now you've seen this, this is part of the fun of St. Patrick's Day. If you've seen that parade on TV, not for other cities, but in New York, when they show, and here come the police, the regiment of this, the Hibernian Brigade of something or other, you see them marching toward the camera and you realize if you just look a little closer, even though it's not close up on them, you think, is it just my imagination or is it my imagination or are those guys loaded? They look and they're in full uniform and they're marching, but you really think, holy mackerel, the faces are beet red and the eyes are beet red and they got big smiles on. You realize this is not exactly a catch criminals day. It's and the same with the fire department. And what what John said to me was, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Keep the door locked. Don't let anyone in. And I said, but why? That's that's terrible. There could be a lot of business. Not that I was getting a lot of business in there, but not that I was charging anything. But I mean, I said, I really thought there would be a lot of business. You could make some dough and I could make some dough and tips and people would really like to sit in the comic strip with before the shows are on. It's just during the day and, you know, eat peanuts and potato chips and, and drink. He said, listen to me carefully. Never mind why. And uh, and John was a guy who knew bars and knew it was a great guy. I always liked him. He was a tough guy. And he said, don't open the door. Keep it locked. No matter who knocks on it, keep it locked. Now, I, I was pretty good at following orders anyway, so I did that. And as I, as the next day went by, as St. Patrick's Day went by, and the parade's over, and a bunch of guys, police, firemen, everybody, no matter who else they had, street sweepers, anybody, came by and they would knock on the door and pound on the door. And then they'd look in the window. You could see them holding their hands up around their eyes, trying to see in and... I would go over to the window and just hold my hands up and say, it's it's closed. And they, and they really wanted to come in to drink more, to get a beer and a shot. And uh, I said, boy, are we really missing on something? And they, of course, there are the bars. It's Manhattan. But you know what I realized? Boy, I'll tell you what. We missed on something here. But I think John was right, though, because if you take in 20 or 50 or 80 guys who are loaded when they come in, and if you start pouring shots and opening beers, you know what? You're gonna have uh well, you're gonna have a heck of a time saying, Okay, listen, the comedy show starts in a half hour, so you have to leave now. But I think he was right about that. And I, by the way, I have my one story. Everyone has, I think, a story about St. Patrick's Day. And my one and it's again, it's not a big my St. Patrick's Day now was watching The Quiet Man and really loving it. I was traveling back. I was working in Orlando the night before. And I traveled back and I saw the St. Patrick's Day parade was there. And also this movie, The Quiet Man, was on. And that was my St. Patrick's Day. I didn't need to have a hundred drinks. I didn't need to do anything. I was just glad to be home and that everyone was okay. And I could watch The Quiet Man and see that general not budge an inch again. But you know what? In high school, I was a junior in high school, and this is on Long Island and uh, where I grew up, and two friends of mine, Chuck and Bob and I, and they were juniors too, and they, the three of us were talking, and they said, uh, hey, why don't we just uh, cut out of school and we'll take the train in the Long Island Railroad and we'll go into Manhattan and watch the parade and just walk around with everybody there and we'll have, uh, we'll have some laughs and have some fun. And... Uh, I don't remember whose idea that was. I don't think it was mine. But whoever said that, the other two just went, sounds great. So we did. And we went to, uh, we got Chuck's 
mom's car, which was a station wagon, and and then we went to Bob's house, and his mom, I'll never forget, his mom said, okay, to, he, she said to him, and then we could hear it too, she said, just remember, the three rules, remember the three rules, don't break the three, three rules, and Bob said, okay, I, I promise I won't, and then when we got in the car to go to the train station, I said, so what are the three rules, and he said, okay, rule number one is, don't get drunk and get sick and say, you know, ruin your clothes or something. And I said, what else? He said, rule number two is don't get anyone pregnant. And when you hear that, by the way, you think, well, that's a good rule, I guess, you know, but that it's part of a family rule. And that rule stopped me so much. Don't get anyone pregnant. I don't even remember the third rule. The third rule could have been as simple as, and don't get anything on your shoes so you have to throw them out. You know, it could be something simple like that. But we went in, we caught the train, we got into Manhattan, we caught the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and uh, which is fun. There's a lot of people laughing and smiling, and everybody's wearing something green, of course. And we went in, we were 17 at the time, and in those days in New York, in New York State, the drinking age was 18. I guess nobody did, nobody forbids anyone something to drink on St. Patrick's Day. You could just go into a you know, fruit market or a or a 7-Eleven or any kind of store that has liquor in it and just take a six-pack of beer. And we didn't have much. We just, we got a six-pack and we had a couple of beers each and we wandered around and we had a good time and laughing with people. And there were a lot of people screaming and yelling and going, a lot of whooping. And at one point, one of the guys, it wasn't me, one of the guys said, gee, I really got to go to the bathroom. And we said, well, today to find a bathroom, to find a, a restaurant with a bathroom, where are you going to go? He said, and he had to, he had to pee. And he said, you know what? I just have to. I'm going to go against here. And it was against the uh, big museum in New York on Fifth Avenue. And uh, it was, there was jam. There were crowds all around. And uh, he, he did. He went into a tiny little alcove there. It was right in the open, and it was just behind a, 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 a little bush, not a big bush, by the way, and he started to pee. And I looked to my left, and just we were just about 10 or 15 feet away. There was a guy taking a picture, a guy with two other cameras around his neck. And we saw on this, and the badge said, he was from Life Magazine. And it got in Life Magazine because it, it didn't show anything. But this guy, this human they shot a picture of, had his back to us. It turns out it was my friend. But he, you didn't see anything. All you saw was a guy from the back who was obviously peeing. I say obviously because someone could land from Jupiter and say, well, that guy's peeing. He had his head down a little bit watching things, and he had his hands in front. This is all from the back, so you can't see anything. And that was the excitement of our day. That was my day in New York at St. Patrick's Day. And we had a terrific time. Because we didn't really do anything extraordinary. I say it was a terrific time because it was just being young and doing something a little different and doing something a little crazy and seeing people whoop and being in Manhattan for this. I guess a lot of cities have some sort of St. Patrick's Day celebration and I'm sure a lot of cities have parades. But I guess if there's anything to American St. Patrick's Day... I'm sure there's a lot of great things in Boston. Uh, well, there was so many cities there'll be great things. But you know what? I uh, I think I was glad that at least once I got into New York to see the St. Patrick's Day parade and to have a couple of cold beers from a six-pack of cans and then to see a friend of mine. <laughs> 
peeing against a world-known museum. But you know what? That's why the magic movie moments are important. And so happens it was from the quiet moment this time. And that's why the movie magic moments are real for you, too. Please write in one. And that's why comedy in general matters, because it's it's usually things we remember, and it's usually things that mean a lot. They sure do to me, and they do to the doctor and the colonel, and we're very grateful they do to you as well. So as always, remember... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who loves you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that is still the truest thing I know. Be well and we'll see you here next week. Shot in 3D. But you don't need the glasses.